0: Hello, and welcome to the teaching ministry of Impact Family Church. For more information, including service times and directions, or to find out more about us, you can visit our website at www.impactfamilychurch.com. We trust you'll be blessed by today's message.
1: Go with me to Romans 8. Hallelujah. So I want you to go out of here tonight rejoicing. I want you to go out of here full of faith. I want you to go out of here knowing who you are. Hallelujah. Romans eight thirty one and 32. Well, let's just, let's just, re- uh, let's see. Actually, we're going to, yeah, we'll start in verse 31. It says, what shall we say then to these things? If God be for us, who can be against us? If God be for us, we're not talking about your average Joe here. We're talking about God, the almighty one, the one who created the heavens and the earth, put everything on in here, created everything that we see, gave us the air that we have to breathe. That kind of God who used his fingertips to fling the stars into existence. If God be for us, who can be against us? It goes on in verse 32, says, He that spared not his own son, but delivered him up for us all, how shall he not with him also freely give us all things? Now, what are what's among the all things? Health, healing, power, authority, dominion. Those are some of the all things that he's given to us. And he's freely given, he has not skimped. He's not said, oh, this is just, I'm going to give him just enough, just enough to get by. God is a God who's more than enough. And so he has freely, freely given us all things. You know, Doug was just talking about living in the overflow. That is God. He's the overflow kind of guy. He doesn't just furnish us with just enough. It's always more than enough. So he's freely given us all these things. Hallelujah. So if you go down to verse 37, it says, Nay, in all these things we are more than conquerors. Through him that loved us. For I am persuaded. That's what you and I need to be. We need to be persuaded. I am persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor heights, nor depth, nor any other creature. creature. And I have in my Bible a comment that says any created thing. And supposedly this virus was a created thing. No created thing shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Uh, The Amplified Version says, Shall suffering and affliction and tribulation or calamity and distress or persecution or hunger or destitution or peril or sword. Nay, in all these things we are more than conquerors and gain a surpassing victory through him that loved us. In verse 38 where it talks about principality says, nor things impending or threatening. Impending or threatening. And I'm telling you, so all we're hearing is the impending and the threatening is all around us. And even believers are getting in on this, you know, with with this, well, do I I buy a mask? What kind of a mask do I buy? Well, where do you get them? I'm I'm just sometimes just amazed. But anyway, go with me now to, to 1 John 4. Hallelujah. 1 John 4. Hallelujah. Now, we talked about nothing can separate us from the love of God. Over in Romans, now we're in John, and it says, There is no fear in love, but perfect love that is complete and mature casts out fear because fear has torment. There's a whole lot of people in a whole lot of torment right now because they're afeared. That's West Virginia talk, afeared. Not afraid, you're afeard. And yet, you know, I I know these verses talk about about the love of God and, and the fact that you know we're his we're his family, but I know it also can apply to the fact that when you are living in the perfect love of God, there is no fear in you because you know who you are, you know what's been provided for you, you know what you can do, you know that you're more than a conqueror, you know that you're an overcomer in all things. Perfect love casts out fear. Hallelujah. He that, f- that fears is not made perfect in love. Now here's the amplified. There is no fear in love. Dread does not exist. But full-grown, complete, perfect love turns fear out of doors and expels every trace of terror. Ooh, isn't that good? Perfect love turns fear out of doors, and expels every trace of terror. The Amplified Version says, uh, he, who, he who is afraid, and when you're going down, says, he who is afraid has not reached the full maturity of love, is not yet grown into love's complete perfection. Weymouth says, if a man fears there is something imperfect in his love. Well, now let me translate that in my way of saying that, is when I let fear get the best of me, I haven't come to a full revelation of the love of God for me. Really? What am I afraid of? It's all circumstantial. And Jesus dealt with all circumstances already and if and if i get to a place of fear it's because i have lost sight of what the love of god gave me Amen. Amen. i have lost sight of what the love of god provided for me i have lost sight of what the blood of jesus bought and paid for Amen. but now we're going to have to go to the verse you know so well but you need to be reminded of it second timothy second timothy Hallelujah. Second Timothy chapter 1. You can quote it. I know you can. For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. The knock says the spirit he has bestowed on us is not one that shrinks from danger. The spirit that he has given us is not one that shrinks from danger. Hallelujah. That word power is dynamis, comes from, you know, where we get the word dynamite from. He's given you dynamite power. Dynamite kind of stuff. Explosive ability here. And it says of love and of a sound mind. That is an unimpaired, disciplined, and amplified, says, a calm and well- balanced mind calm folks we have a calm and well balanced mind not one that gets on the internet and finds all of the facts and all of the figures and all of the stats and all of the places where somebody who's infected is and starts wringing their hands and, oh Lord, what are we gonna do? I mean, do I need to go buy more toilet paper? <laughs> what is the deal with the run on toilet paper? I don't get it. So when you run out of food, you got toilet paper. You gonna eat the toilet paper? I'm really. I could go further with them down that road, but I won't. I just, I just won't. Somebody once said that there is, there is in the Bible 365 instances of the word saying fear not or something similar to that. Do not be afraid, that kind of thing. Now, I don't know if that's really true, and I cannot, I cannot find, you know, where I got that from, but I know I've heard that many years ago. And I'm thinking, that's great. It's one for every day of the year. And I'm sure there's another one somewhere to cover leap year. that has got to be. Because God never misses something. He never misses a date. But he, he's continually, at all times of our lives, in all situations, he's always there saying, don't be afraid. It's okay. I got you. You don't have to worry about this. You know, just, 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 just be at peace. And so, you know, during all this thing where the, the media is blowing this thing up out of proportion, you know, the thing that will come at you is fear. Fear. And, and you need to find a place of peace about this. I mean, I, I, I find myself, you know, just the, the devil just came to me with these thoughts in the last few days because they keep going over and over and over again. People who are over 60, that would be me. People who are, who are compromised immune systems, I'm going, well, I don't know about that. But see, anybody who's diabetic and going, well, if that is something I have to deal with at the moment. You know, maybe I shouldn't be going out anywhere. Maybe I shouldn't be doing this and going, okay, then I have to stop myself and go, that is stupid. Stop that. Stop thinking like that. See, the devil will find you whatever he can, whatever little little niche he can get into, whatever little little opening in the seam he can find. You know, and he will get in there and start trying to rip the thing apart. My parents were in the drapery business years ago, and for, and for a while there, we lived in Jacksonville. You know, I had a little, had kids, but I, I'd go down and I help them part time. And and there was this, there was this, this machine that they used to do seams and stuff. And the the trick was, if you ever had to redo something, there was one little place that if you if you got that one place in that in that seam, and you did you you broke that particular thread, you could just go. And it just unraveled the whole thing. See, that's what the devil is trying to do to you. He's trying to find your one little place where he can just get in there and do a little nip and then just unravel the whole thing. You really need to refuse to let the seams come unraveled. And you need to stop it. As soon as those thoughts start coming to you, you need to put a stop to it and go back and find your place of peace. Now, it says in Isaiah 54, 17, no weapon formed against you shall prosper. This crazy thing is something the enemy has formed against you. Make no mistake, he didn't do it by accident. He, didn't just, he wasn't just kind of fiddling around in a lab somewhere someday and just went, oh, let me see what I can make up. No, he deliberately formed this weapon to use against you. Psalm 91.10 says, neither shall any plague come nigh your dwelling." These are not verses that you just look at and go, oh, that sounds nice. These are verses that you need need to look at as, as God talking directly to you. There is no plague coming near my dwelling. No weapon formed against me, my household, my family. None of it will prosper. It has to become very personal to you. Not just something that oh well you know that you know okay that's what the word says no that's what the word says to you about you and for you Isaiah fifty three five says the chastisement of our peace was upon him well that that word peace then sh- is shalom and it means peace blessing prosperity and long life long life. I think it's Psalm 9, the the very end of it says, with long life will I satisfy him. The amplified of the word in there says, the chastisement needed to obtain peace and well-being. Jesus took all of that on him. You know, sometimes I think we don't really understand the, not, not only did Jesus suffer physically, but I believe he suffered mentally as well. You know, it says the chastisement of our peace was upon him. Our peace is, is, is a mind and a, and a heart issue. Jesus suffered in that same arena. If he didn't, you and I would still be having to deal with it on our terms, on, on just on our ability, on what we could do. And yet Jesus took the chastisement of our peace. Him. Can you imagine the agony? I mean, I cannot imagine when we, we read the words that Jesus spoke, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And do we get the full impact of the, of the dread, the fear, the torment that was in that question? that was certainly where his peace was tested the most the chastisement of our peace of my peace was upon him he bore it he paid the price and he gave me the victory hallelujah it's Isaiah 9 6 he's called the prince of peace Ephesians two fourteen says he is our peace who has broken down the wall. Now I know in that in that, in that section it, it talks about how we've been made new creations. But I tell you what, in, me, in breaking down that wall and making me and you a new creation, He made it a possible for us to live a life that's full of blessing, full of health, full of healing, full of everything. Hallelujah. Go with me to Philippians 4. You know this. Hallelujah glory to god philippians 4 verse 6 be careful for nothing be anxious he's saying for nothing the vines says don't be distracted by anything the amplified says do not fret or have any anxiety about anything Another, another version says, entertain no worry, not even over one thing. I like the way that, that said that. Entertain no worry. Don't give it a place to come and take, bring fellowship. You and I don't need, need to do that. And yet some people take it, one little thing, and they begin to entertain it. You know, the, 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 the old saying, making a mountain out of a molehill, that's entertaining it. That's taking some little old something and making a huge something out of it. Don't jump to conclusions when one, when one little thing happens in life. And don't jump to conclusions when they start talking about this as being something bigger than it is. entertained. No worry. Hallelujah. No worry. No worry. Colossians 3.15 says, let the peace of God rule in your hearts. It's possible for the peace of God to rule, but here it says, let the peace of God. That means you have a part to play in it. You have to decide to let the peace of God rule in your heart. You have to make a decision to turn away from fear, to turn away from worry, to turn away from anxiety, to turn away from dread, to turn away from from all the disquiet that comes and you have to let the peace of God rule. You have to do it. Nobody else can do it for you. Nobody is there to to take on that peace for you but you. Because in the middle of the night when you wake up, if this, if this is on your mind, the enemy will wake you up deliberately so that he can just harass you in the middle of the night when it's just you, when there's nobody else to talk to, when, when the whole house is asleep, when maybe, you know, they're not even home, you know, for some reason. But he will take that opportunity. That's why you have to know for yourself that the peace of God is ruling in my heart. You have to be confident of that. You have to be actively aware of and partaking of His peace for it to rule in you. You know, Hebrews 13 8 says, Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Well, if He's our peace yesterday, He's our peace today, He's our peace tomorrow. There's no difference. In Psalm 105, verse 8, it says he keeps covenant. Well, let's just go over there and take a look at that one because I didn't write the entire thing down. So I know there's something there I want you to see more than what I've got written probably. Hallelujah. Psalm 105. Ah, yes. He has remembered his covenant forever. The word which he commanded to a thousand generations. He's the same. He's the same. He made a covenant. This is an Old Testament verse, but it applies. He made a covenant. He commanded it to a thousand gener- generations. We're not anywhere near a thousand generations. I doubt, seriously, this world is going to last long enough to see a thousand generations. But regardless, the point is that it's a never-ending that it applies from generation to generation to generation to generation to generation. To generation. Yeah. Hallelujah. Yeah. John fourteen twenty seven. Hallelujah. Glory to God. John 14, verse 27. He says, peace I leave with you. My peace I give unto you. Not as the world gives, give I unto you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. Why? Because he's left his peace with us. The fruit of the Spirit, part of it is peace. That recreated human nature has got peace all deposited on the inside of you. All you have to do is just draw it up. Just draw it up. Just draw it up. Keep on drawing it up. When the world tries to trouble you, when the world tries to make you afraid, you just, you just draw on what's on the inside of you. It's already there. Hallelujah. Um, in John 16, verse 33, it says, These things I have spoken unto you, that in me you might have peace. In the world you'll have tribulation, but be of good cheer, I have overcome the world. Woo, hallelujah. The Amplified says it like this. I have told you these things, so in me you may have perfect peace and confidence. In the world you have tribulation and trials and distress and frustration, but be of good cheer, take courage. Be confident, certain, undaunted, for I have overcome the world. Now, listen to this. I have deprived it of power to harm. I have conquered it for you. Woo, that's shouting stuff right there. I have deprived it of power to harm. I have conquered it for you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. He, they have been deprived. I tell you what, and when God deprives you of something, honey, you are deprived. I have deprived. Listen, I, I, I went back and I was thinking, you know, about the three Hebrew children. There was a fire. But the fire had no impact on them. There was no power in the fire where they were concerned. We had just a virus. The virus is in the world. But the virus has no power where the believer is concerned. I can't go out and say just in the name of Jesus, everybody's going to be well. No, they have to get that for themselves. But I know as for me and my house... As for me and my house, they've been deprived of power. There's something out there that is real. There's something out there that is is a fact. But I'm telling you, it has no power where I'm concerned. Just like that fire had no power over those three Hebrew children, this thing has no power over the children of God. How do I know that? Because the people who threw them in the fire died. The people of God survived. And what did they see? Four men in the fire. Four men in the fire. The three of those, those Hebrew children, those three guys were there. But there's a the fourth man. There's always a fourth man walking with you. Always, always, always. In the middle of whatever's going on, he's he's right there. In the middle of anything, he's right there. And the, it has no power to overcome you. You have power to overcome it. Hallelujah. It may be affecting this world. It may be affecting people all around you. But there's no reason for it to affect you. There is every reason in the world for it not to affect you. You just have to understand what those reasons are. Depend on those reasons. Hang on to those reasons. Promote those reasons. Confess those reasons. Encourage one another in those reasons. And stand on those reasons. Hallelujah. Now go with me to 2 Corinthians. I'm going to tell you something you need to be cautious of. 2 Corinthians chapter 6. Hallelujah. 2 Corinthians chapter 6 verse 14. And you're going to, first you're going to say, what are you talking about, Pastor Angel? But we're going to get there. Verse 14, be not unequally yoked together with unbelievers. Now, what does a yoke do? It puts people in close proximity to one another. You cannot have a yoke on two oxen, two cattle, two whatever. You cannot have a yoke on somebody without being in close proximity with with them. And this says, be not unequally yoked with unbelievers. For what fellowship has righteousness with unrighteousness? And what communion has light with darkness? Listen, when you go out into the world, whether it's maybe it's family, maybe it's coworkers, whatever it is, do not let yourself get yoked up with a bunch of people who believe something you don't believe. Mm-mm. What fellowship has light with darkness? Are you putting yourself in a place to be overcome by the darkness that they're talking? During this whole thing, you need to be careful who you hang around with and what they're saying, and what they're promoting, and what they're and what they're confessing. They don't even understand confession, but they're going around talking, well, this is gonna be bad, this is gonna be this, this is gonna be this. Be careful who you're hanging out with during this. What fellowship have you got? With unbelievers, don't be unequally yoked with them. It says, "What agreement?" Verse fifteen. What agreement has Christ with with Belial? With What, what is it? Light and darkness. Christ and the devil. I mean, you, you you know, you got this little cartoon image. You know, years ago, with a, a little angel sitting on one shoulder and a little devil sitting on the other. Listen, you better make sure you. If he's on that shoulder, you better knock him off. Don't carry him around. That's too close. You don't need to have that kind of fellowship with, with him. You know, and it, where it says, what fellowship has righteousness with unrighteousness? The Phil, Philip's translation says, what common interest can there be between goodness and evil? How can light and darkness share life together? They're not going to. And you need to make sure that they don't, the dark doesn't overcome your light. Your light, people need your light right now more than they've ever needed it before. When you see what's happening in countries around the world, a country like Italy that's basically shut down. A country like China who's basically shut down it's it's there's a massive impact going on, not just people being sick but people who are afraid of being sick and now it has tumbled into all these kind of financial and economic things you know just it's just it's just a domino effect and see, we need to stand against this kind of stuff. hallelujah um, in verse seventeen it says. Wherefore, come out from among them and be ye separate. We need to take ourselves out of the equation when people are talking all around us all this negative stuff, all this gloom and doom, all this disaster, all this nonsense. We need to take ourselves out, separate yourself from that. You don't need to be hearing that on a regular basis, unless under your breath you're constantly saying, "My God, my God is greater. The greater is He that's in me than He is in the world." You know, I know you're at work sometimes. You know, you you are stuck in a place where where you have to you have to be in, in hearing shot of all this stuff that's going on, and all this stuff that's being said. But I'm telling you what, you better be quoting some scripture under your breath. You you better you better be. You can even be around other believers. Who are talking the same nonsense. If you get an opportunity. You need to point them back to the word. What does the word of God. Have to say. It is not. See some people think it's a far fetched. Idea. That God can protect you. From something like this. It's not far fetched. Not in the least. Was it far fetched. When Paul was gathering up wood for a fire after he got out of that shipwreck situation and a venomous snake bit him and they all watched to see how long it would take before he died and nothing happened. Nothing happened. That gave him an opening to preach the gospel. But I'm telling you what, it is not far-fetched to think that there is a hedge of protection around God's people. There is a hedge of protection all around us. But it all depends on whether you're going to believe God for that hedge of protection or not. If you, if you use your mouth to get into fear, to get into worry, to get into agreement with what this world is saying, what the media is saying, what people are saying, you know, you will find yourself in the middle of all of it. Anyway, but I'm telling you what, stand your ground. Stand your ground. Plant your feet Firmly. In the word of God and said, no, it does not come near me. Doesn't come near my children. Doesn't come near my parents. Doesn't come near my, my family. Doesn't come near, no, doesn't come near me. Because what happens when you, when you get around people like that, that you're unequally yoked with, and, and, I, and honestly, I have to say that when it comes to believers, you know, other Christians who don't understand this, there is, there is, there is much harm to you as, as somebody who's an absolute heathen. Because what, what happens? You find that there are voices competing with what God says, and that will keep you wavering and in doubt if you give ear to it. I don't need a competing voice to what my God has said. I don't need a competing voice to what Jesus has said he's already done for me. I don't need a competing voice. Because if I, if I give ear to it at all, that will cause me to be unsettled, unsure, unsteady in what I believe. And doubt will come. You know, when doubt comes, that's what the enemy is looking for. A little bit of doubt brings a whole lot of fear. And what did Job say? The thing I feared greatly has come upon me. That was Job's big problem. It wasn't the devil who did something to him because God let him. It was because Job opened the door when he said, The thing I greatly feared has come upon me. So you need to get a handle on it. And keep yourself, you know, distant from people or at least keep yourself just tuned out you can't get away sometimes but you can tune people out how do I know that because y'all tune us out all the time when we're preaching I can see it on your faces just tuned right out so why don't you take that ability and use it where it's a does the most good which is to tune out the unbelief to tune out the doubt To tune out the woe is me. To tune out all the garbage and all the junk that the world wants you to to entertain. Just tune it out. Now, in the middle of all this, let me say this. You cannot be flippant about this. I am not saying that this is not a serious threat. So I don't want you to just be... You know, the word says this. Da, da, da. No, you have to have this locked down on the inside of you. It has to be real, not just a flip of a verse. You know, oh, it's on my refrigerator this morning. I'm an overcomer. No. Oh, God heals me. No, you can't be flippant about this. You must be serious about this. You must take to heart what the word has said and, and understand what the enemy is trying to do. So don't be flippant about it. Now, there's also a verse over in Matthew, the fourth chapter, verse 7, that says, Do not tempt or test the Lord your God. Don't be stupid. Don't be foolish. Don't be arrogant. You're going out in public, wash your hands. You're going out in public, don't touch your face, after until you've washed face. There are just practical, good, common sense things that you can do to not open the door to the devil. Now, I know there's a story. Now, we, now we, we love to hear these, these stories of all the men of faith that have gone before us. John G. Lake was in Africa, <clears throat> and there was a plague going on. I forget what kind of plague it was, but there was a, a bloody froth that would come from the, the mouths of the victims of this plague. And, and if you touched it, I was, I was a bubonic plague. I don't remember what it was. Anyway, uh, if you touched it I and mean, you were going to get it and you were going to die, there was just no recourse. The man went by the direction of the Holy Spirit and he took some of that bloody froth and held it in his hand and prayed over it and then said, test it. They took that same stuff out of his hand, put it under a microscope, and every germ was dead. Now, that was a sign. And I wonder, don't be stupid and think you can do the same thing unless God tells you to. Don't be so arrogant in your faith walk that you think, well, I can can prove something. No, don't you dare even try to do that unless the Holy Ghost leads you to do something like that. If you find yourself in a situation where you need to take care of somebody who is ill, then you can believe God and expect it not to touch you at all. But in the meantime be wise just be wise lots of people do foolish things and get sick of all kinds of things because they've done they were foolhardy so so don't be flippant but don't be foolish either now go with me to psalm 91 you know we couldn't we couldn't talk about this without going to psalm 91 Michelle and I were t- having a walk the other day. So she's my neighbor. We get to walk every so often when our schedules permit. And she was telling me how she lives in Psalm 191 every single day. It's a good place to take up residence. Let's read it in, the, in the just regular King James first. He that dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. Now I've got written in here, I put things in here all the time that that I get during a service and I never, sometimes I put what version it is and sometimes I don't. But it says, shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I've got written here, will abide in the protective custody of the Lord. The protective custody of the Lord. I will say of the Lord, he is my refuge and my fortress. My God in him will I trust. Surely, 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 he shall deliver thee from the snare of the fowler and from the noise pestilence. He shall cover thee with his feathers and under his wings shall you trust. His truth shall be your shield and buckler. You will not be afraid for the terror by night, nor for the arrow that flies by day, nor for the pestilence that walks in darkness." "...nor for the destruction that wastes at noonday. A thousand shall fall at your side, and ten thousand at your right hand, but it shall not come nigh thee. Only with thine eyes shall you behold and see the reward of the wicked, because you have made the Lord which is my refuge, even the Most High, thy habitation." There shall no evil befall thee, neither shall any plague come nigh thy dwelling. For he will give his angels charge over you to keep you in all your ways." They shall bear you up in their hands, lest you dash your foot against a stone. You shall tread upon the lion and adder. The young lion and the dragon shall you trample under feet. Because he has set his love upon me, therefore will I deliver him. I will set him on high because he has known my name. He shall call upon me and I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will deliver him and honor him with long life. Will I satisfy Him and show Him my salvation? Now, if you don't mind, we're going to read that in the Amplified. He who dwells in the, in the secret place of the Most High shall remain stable and fixed under the shadow of the Almighty, whose power no foe can withstand. I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress. "'My God, on Him I lean and rely, and in Him I confidently trust. "'For then He will deliver you from the snare of the fowler "'and from the deadly pestilence. "'Then He will cover you with His pinions, and under His wings "'shall you trust and find refuge.' His truth and his faithfulness are a shield and a buckler. Then you shall not be afraid of the terror of the night, nor of the arrow, the evil plots and slanders of the wicked that flies by day, nor of the pestilence that stalks in darkness, nor of the destruction and sudden death that surprise and lay waste at noonday. Then a thousand may fall at your side and ten thousand at your right hand, but it shall not come near you. Only a spectator shall you be. Yourself, inaccessible in the secret place of the Most High. Inaccessible. As you witness the reward of the wicked. Because you have made the Lord your refuge and the Most High, your dwelling place. There shall no evil befall you, nor any plague or calamity come near your tent. For he will give his angels special charge over you to accompany and to defend and preserve you in all your ways of obedience and service. They shall bear you up on their hands, lest you dash your foot against a stone. You shall tread upon the lion and adder. The young lion and the serpent shall trample underfoot. Because he has set his love upon me, therefore will I deliver him. I will set him on high because he knows and understands my name, has a personal, a personal knowledge of my mercy, love, kindness, trusts and relies on me, Knowing I will never never forsake him, no never. He shall call upon me and I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble, I will deliver him and honor him. With long life will I satisfy him and show my salvation. Ooh there's a lot in there. You need you need to take Psalm ninety one and become thoroughly acquainted with it. Hallelujah. It's just just on an ordinary day. It's a good thing to start your day with. Hallelujah. And then in Luke 10, verse 19, here's the thing Luke 10, verse 19. Well, let's start in verse 17. And it's the 70 returned again with joy, saying, Lord, even the devils, even the devils are subject unto us through your name. And he said unto them, I beheld Satan, this lightning fall from heaven. Behold, I give unto you power to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall by any means That's where we live. That's where we live. He has given us authority. He has given us power. He has... The disciples found out that they had power in the name of Jesus. Wow. And they weren't even born again yet. What more power do you and I have? I'm telling you what, the name of Jesus is as as big as mighty and as powerful as you need it to be and much more beyond that. The authority that he wrested from the devil when he came out of hell, when he brought with him the keys of death, hell, and the grave, he has given to you and me. And all we have to do is use it. All we have to do is put it into effect. Put it in place. Put the devil in his place. Hallelujah. We need to be sure that, well, it says, in fact, it says, I give you power, which is authority. can be translated authority. I give unto you power. The Norley translation says, now listen, with an exclamation point. I'm telling you, now listen. I have given you authority. Jesus has given you authority. Don't be afraid to use it. Don't be reluctant to use it. Don't be hesitant to use it. Don't wait to use it. Amen. Amen. A symptom. A symptom shows up. You deal with it right then. Amen. Right. You don't wait to see where it goes. You just deal with it. oh well, it was just it was just an allergy. Fine. Great. Deal with it. Yeah. Don't wait to see what it might blossom into. Deal with it. One symptom, one. That's how you stop the enemy in his tracks. Is by recognizing and dealing it with as soon as he crops its ugly little head up. Hallelujah. We need to be, here, be be ready to encourage and strengthen one another. We need to be ready to encourage other believers, especially ones that don't know. Send them back to the word. Have some scriptures available. Have some things with you at all times so that you can share with somebody immediately what you already know. If they don't know it, they will thank you. They may look at you in disbelief. Is this really so? That's, that's almost too good to be true. It's, it's, it's too good, but, it's, but it is true. That's my God. He's too good. He's just that good. Amen. And so as I was finishing this up, well, just putting it on, on, in the computer today and so I could print it out, I was reminded of an old song we used to sing, Living by Faith. Living by Faith in Jesus above. Trusting, confiding, In his great love, from all harm safe, in his sheltering arms, I'm living by faith, and I feel no alarm. So, Pastor?
0: Well, fear always is of the devil. Uh, So that's easy to uh, identify. And disease is always of the devil. It's not, God doesn't create that. And so we know this comes from, from the enemy. We know it comes from the devil. So we're going to take authority over it. Uh, you know, can we take authority over it, you know, in the population at large? Uh, I, don't, I don't think I can. But I don't have authority over them. But I have authority over us. And, I mean, I have authority over myself and, and all of us have authority over us is what I meant to say. And, uh, and so that's what we're going to do. We're going to take authority over it. It will not come near our dwelling. Amen. And I talked uh, uh, on on Sunday about using common sanitary practices. You know, don't uh, be rubbing your eyes and 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 you know, don't be picking your nose. And you should be doing that anyway. Keep your fingers out of your nose. But on the other hand, Steve's over there rubbing his his face. On the other hand, it's not uncommon. For people, And it's not considered to be gross or anything, but it's, I, I watch people on TV and they they do this, you know, and, and, uh, uh, so I'm not, I'm not saying don't take precautions, but I'm also saying don't live in fear, right. you know, uh, my eyes water a lot. And so I'm, I'm constantly wiping, you know, uh, water out of my eyes. That's just, it's just something that, that happens with my eyes. Well, I'm not going to go through the next three weeks with my hands, you know, in uh, plastic gloves to keep myself from touching my eyes. You know what I'm saying? But I, you have to use your own common sense and live life uh, in, in the way you can, but not living in fear. Amen. Amen. And, and that doesn't mean you can't change some habits i 'm not saying you can't, but just you know every person needs to do what how what they feel directed to do uh, but not live in in fear i i, I can't imagine that i 'm just not going to without thinking rub my eyes I just can't imagine it, but I can tell you this it's it 's not coming near me amen, and so we're going to take authority over that. glory to God, Father, we take authority over this virus. As it pertains to us, we rebuke it in Jesus' name. We deny its right in agreement with the word of God. Its power has been denied by by the word of God, by the redemption that's in Christ Jesus. We are exempt. We have been healed. We have been delivered. And its power, this pestilence, uh, will not come near us And people may fall to the right or the left, but it'll not come near us because we take authority over it, over our own lives, our families, our immediate families, those in our charge, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And we will go through this season in total victory and in total peace and rest in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Glory to God.
1: Hallelujah. Amen. Don't go out and rob the stores of all the toilet paper now (laughs) don't buy it all up i might need (laughs) some all right good night we love you
0: at impact family church it is our desire to see you blessed through the power of the word of god we have been helping people to change their world for over 25 years through our dynamic ministries and teaching